Has there been a change in vibe since the University of Cincinnati joined the Big 12? You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Start a new week, shall we? Thanks so much. Making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, including if you're watching us on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us to get an alert every time that we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My guest today needs no introduction. He's the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals. That would be... Dan Hoare. Dan, thanks so much for joining me today. And I want to ask you this. Is there, do you sense there's a change in vibe surrounding the University of Cincinnati since they joined the Big 12? Absolutely. Joining the Big 12 in a Power 5 conference was the answer to our prayers. It was a dream come true. Cincinnati finally has a seat at the Power 5 table. Now the hard work begins. Can they compete for championships in a much tougher league? How quickly will that take? That's the uh, that's the big question mark, I guess. But it's certainly exciting as we get ready for football practice to begin. What are you most looking forward to about joining the Big 12? Is there anything in particular? Well, from a selfish standpoint, I'm looking forward to the big-name opponents that Cincinnati's going to be playing on our in both basketball uh, in year one in football that will include Oklahoma in the first ever Big 12 game at Nippert Stadium that's going to be unbelievable in basketball I'll get a chance to call a game at Fog Allen Fieldhouse at Kansas I've never been there for a basketball game so that's going to be great so from a selfish standpoint those are the things that I'm looking forward to but from a, a big picture standpoint it's the health of the athletic program at the University of Cincinnati uh, obviously, TV revenue uh, ha- plays a big role in determining what college sports programs are able to accomplish. And I think staying in the American long term probably would have been unsustainable, at least to be able to build facilities and pay coaches and do the kinds of things you have to do to compete. That is no longer going to be an issue now that Cincinnati has Big 12 membership. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. And you look at the bowl games that you're going to have even if you don't get to a, a New Year's Six or a, 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 the college football playoff, your bowl game options, and that's something you talked about with Jim Kelly. I, I remember you guys were talking about this on the post-game broadcast of the Victory Bell game back in 21. The bowl game options, Dan, are so much better. Like, I think to the casual college football fan, they know what the Liberty Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, the Camping World Bowl the name any bowl game that has a partnership with the Big 12, they know what that game is. Do you agree with that? 100%. They're all legitimate bowls against big-time competition. If you're able to qualify for a bowl game in the Big 12, you know it's going to be a good destination for your players and for your fans, and it's going to be an opponent that you've heard of. Uh, With all due respect to the Birmingham Bowl, Cincinnati did play a a well-known school in, in Boston College in that game. But it was not a place that fans wanted to go, especially that time of the year. The stadium uh, at that point, you know, was desperately needed, uh, needing renovations. And uh, it wasn't a great experience. So in the Big 12, as I said, if you can qualify, you know that those bowl games are all going to be attractive. 
Recently, you were on Dave Lapham's podcast, In the Trenches. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, for those of you listening to this show, I highly recommend checking that out after uh, listening to this episode of Lockdown Bearcats. Dan Horde voiced the Bearcats, and Magnus was kind enough to join me this morning. You said on that podcast that you've heard Scott Centerfield described as cutting edge. And you mentioned that Louisville is the only team in the country to have rushed and passed for over 200 yards per game over the last four seasons. Since he was hired, and this goes back to early December, has your outlook on him changed? Are you starting to raise your expectations because you think he's going to be really good? Like, has your outlook changed on this year's team since early December, Dan? Not really. I mean, we don't know how successful he's going to be, and I don't want people to hear that and think, oh my gosh, Dan Horde is not a fan of Scott Satterfield or doesn't believe in Scott Satterfield. All I'm saying is you never know. Luke Fickle was four and eight in his first season. Nobody on God's green earth thought that he was going to go from that and accomplish the things that he did. So it's the same scenario. Anytime you have a new head coach take over, I think Scott Satterfield uh, didn't uh, have the success that he was hoping at Louisville, largely due to circumstances beyond his control. When he was at Appalachian state, just about any school in the country that had an opening was interested, including Cincinnati. He was one of the guys they interviewed when they ultimately hired Luke Fickle. So I am cautiously optimistic about Cincinnati's future under Scott Satterfield, but ultimately it's going to be a wait and see, no matter what coach or who they had hired. Interesting outlook there. And I get the sense from most people I talk with up here in Columbus at at events for UC alumni that they don't know what they're going to get from Scott Satterfield. They need to see a game, a season played under him. Is there validity to that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's fair. And, you know, it's doubly true because of the current state of affairs in college football with basically unlimited transferring, at least the first time, you know, when, when, Previous coaching changes took place at Cincinnati. The new coach came in with a roster and was inheriting the previous guy's players. And in many instances at the University of Cincinnati, the previous guy left the cupboard pretty full. That wasn't always the case, but it certainly was when Brian Kelly took over, for example. Mark D'Antonio left him a great set of cards and you know he had double digit wins right off the bat when he took over at head coach as head coach. That is obviously not the case for any coach in college football that takes over a program now. A bunch of players inevitably transfer out. You have to go into the transfer portal and bring in some new guys on your own. I think Scott Satterfield and his staff did a tremendous job of uh, trying to replenish the roster. And I really like the recruiting going forward, but you do have to give a new coaching staff at least a year and probably a little more than that to have any sense of, you know, what it's going to look like long-term. I I totally agree with that. Even though we've seen remarkable first year turnarounds in college football last year with a notable name that UC fans know all too well, Brian Kelly and what he did at LSU, Sonny Dykes took TCU all the way to the national championship. But you are right, Dan. I I do think we need to see, I I agree with the fact that we need to see a full year to know this is what a Scott Satterfield team is going to look like here at Cincinnati. Fall camp starts next week, Dan. I'm going to ask you what your top storyline going into fall camp battles. You're going to be watching closely and which Bearcats player reminds you the most of Joe Burrow that next on lockdown Bearcats. 
Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thanks so much, Becky Lockdown Bearcats. Your first listen every day coming up on tomorrow's show. Why the Bearcats quarterback battle, or lack thereof, Creates so many benefits for upcoming fall camp. Speaking of that, Dan Hoare joining me today, the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals. I know, Dan, you got to run. You're busy these days with the Bearcats, with the Bengals. I mean, you probably have the World Chess Championships, for all we know, coming up this week. So, Dan, let me ask you this. What battle are you going to be watching the most intently in fall camp for the Bearcats? Wide receiver, partly because I need to get to know these guys. They've had major additions since the end of spring football, so it is a very different group, even from what we saw a few months ago. That was where they got hurt most in the transfer portal. Well, for starters, they lost two wide receivers to the NFL in Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott, then seven guys transferred out, so they had to completely rebuild that wide receiver room on the fly. Uh, they've done it. They've got some high-profile transfers that are here, some that took part in spring football, some that have arrived since. But that's the group that I'm going to be looking at most closely uh, when practice starts at Dimpert Stadium next week and then moves on to Camp Higher Ground. Uh, I totally, what do you think of Evan Prater moving to wide receiver? Is that a good thing for this team? Does he start right away? And if he does, can he make an impact right away? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that, Dan? It's a good thing for the team, and it's a good thing for Evan because he is an incredible athlete, and they want to get him on the field, and I don't think that was likely to happen at quarterback. He had a sore shoulder in spring football. He really wasn't able to do much, and I think everybody projected him as a backup or one of the backups to Emory Jones in all likelihood this year, and you know, do we really want Evan to be on the sideline again for another year, or do we want to see if Cincinnati can get something out of his tremendous athletic abilities? So I think it's good for him. It's obviously great for the team. Whether he will start or not, I have no idea. I've never seen him uh, in an 11-on-11 11 play as a wide receiver. He's never done that, so we'll have to see that at, at training camp. But he's an incredible athlete from everything I've heard. He has embraced this move to wide receiver, and I really like the kid. I'm happy for him uh, that he's made this decision. So I'm excited to see how it looks. All right. I know you got to run. Uh, you're, I mean, you're a busy man nowadays with the Bearcats and Bengals. I know you've probably plotted out your, as you call it, the amazing race that you are going to embark on come football season. Dan, let me ask you this. So we've seen what Ellie De La Cruz has done with the Reds and transformed the, the, uh, the perception of that franchise. We obviously know what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have done with changing the perception of the Bengals franchise. Is there a player on the Bearcats that you think represents and same too with Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner and how they elevated the program all the way to the college football playoff. Dan, is there a player right now on this year's team that you say can be like Burrow, Chase, De La Cruz, Ritter, Gardner? Is there a player on that team that resembles that kind of player? 
Dante Corleone, the godfather, at least in terms of his personal excellence and what he means to the rest of the team. Uh, I think he has been unbelievable since Coach Fickle's departure. If you think about the current state of you know, NIL in college sports and players' ability to transfer and get a big chunk of money from another school, we don't know what kind of offers Dante Corleone received, but I think it's fair to assume that they were big. Uh, now, obviously, he's getting some NIL action at the University of Cincinnati, and it's well-deserved. But the fact that he showed this kind of loyalty to his hometown school was awesome. His work ethic is unmatched. He's a tremendous leader on defense, and he's got some charisma to him, too. So it's hard for a, a defensive, an interior defensive lineman to maybe be a, a Desmond Ritter, a Joe Burrow. They, they just don't, you know, attract that kind of attention like a quarterback would. But in terms of his excellence and his meaning to the program, Dante Corleone would be my guy. Is the Bearcats men's basketball team tournament caliber this year? If the two big guys are eligible, I would say it is a NCAA tournament roster. Uh, Aziz Bandego and Jameel Reynolds will be the, the wild card. We still don't know about their eligibility as second-time transfers. We probably won't know that until it's just about time for the start of the regular season. So that's the big question mark hanging over this roster. I've seen them practice. If those guys, or even one of those two guys, gets the green light from the NCAA, I think Cincinnati will definitely be in the mix to return to the NCAAs. I, I would – that would be something else. It would be – uh a memorable first season in the Big 12 for Bearcats football and men's basketball. I know you got to run. I know I'm giving you all night. I apologize sincerely. Real quick, what is your biggest takeaway so far from Mengel's training camp? Well, as we do this, uh, have this conversation, they've only had one full team yeah. practice. So it's hard to draw a lot of big conclusions. I'll tell you this, yes. the daily battle between Trey Hendrickson and Orlando yes. Brown Jr. is going to be great theater. They got into a fight on the third snap of 11 on 11. Trey Hendrickson is legendarily intense on every snap of practice. Orlando Brown Jr. is not a guy to mess around with. Uh, he was kind of apologetic because he left a pretty big scratch on Trey Hendrickson's neck after day one of practice. But uh, Joe Burrow looked sharp. I thought T. Higgins had a tremendous first day. It was a really intense practice, which surprised me. It was about 95 degrees. The heat index was 99. I thought they were going to ramp it up slowly, and it wouldn't look uh, like it did on day one until about day four or five. But Zach Taylor took it pretty easy on them during the OTAs and the mini camps. And as a result, they got after it on day one of wow. training camp. And I think that's a good sign for, you know, the expectation level of this team and, and how hard they want to work and are willing to work to try to uh, get back to a Super Bowl. Do you also think it's because they play two division opponents that they know is going to bring the physicality that maybe they're starting to ramp things up more so earlier this year than they did last year? Not because of the division opponents, but because of the 0-2 start. Okay. You know, I, don't, I don't think the 0-2 start, personally, I don't think it, it was the result of how they practiced in training camp last year. I know that was kind of a, a hot take topic after they lost their first two games. Zach Taylor's taking it too easy on them. They lost those, those two games last year largely because of Joe Burrow's appendectomy. He was terrible in week one. And they lost a road game to the Cowboys on a 50-yard field goal at the gun in week two. Dallas at home was pretty darn good last year. Yeah. So I didn't overreact to the 0-2 start. They reeled off 10 straight wins at the end of the year. So clearly they didn't overreact. But they're looking to avoid it. 
And uh, one of the ways that they can try to avoid it is to be as sharp as they can possibly be uh, every time they go out there in training camp. And very good stuff as always. Dan Horde, the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals, someone that I've, of course, am proud to call a mentor in this great business of Cincinnati sportscasters. I mean, we have, Dan, you've said this many times. We've had, we, the sportscasters we have in Cincinnati past and present are as good as any city with their sports teams in the country. Agreed. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of a very talented group. Uh, it's been fun watching the Reds and listening to the Reds with John Sadak and Tommy Thrall and their great analysts this summer. And I think the voice of every local team in Cincinnati does a great job. I'm not talking about myself, uh, but the other guys. So I, I agree with you. Cincinnati sports fans uh, are fortunate to have some very talented guys behind the mic. Absolutely. Dan, I wish we had more time, but we'll, we'll try and hook up with you again before the start of Bearcats football season. Thank you so much, as always. And uh, on Twitter, at Dan underscore Horde. And uh, wishing you all the best. And we'll uh, we'll talk here soon, all right? Thanks, Alex. Sounds good. Go Bearcats. Yes, go Bearcats indeed. Who day indeed. Dan Horde, the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals, kind enough to join me for a conversation to kick off the week heading into fall camp. And uh, he's absolutely right. That wide receiver battle, we don't really know much about it. We don't really know much about in terms of who is going to be the key pieces. We don't really know who's going to be making an impact, who's going to be catching passes from Emory Jones. And as much as Evan Prater adds something to that room, right now we still don't know. We still do not know what is going to happen with the um, with the Cincinnati Bearcats and that, in terms of their passing game, we know they're going to be able to run the football. We know defensively they're going to be very good. Up next, lessons learned from the weekend and how they apply to the Cincinnati Bearcats. That next on Lockdown Bearcats. All right, on this Monday, July 31st, it is 33 days away from the start of Bearcats football season. Dan Horde kind enough to join me earlier on in today's episode. He had to run because he's a busy man these days uh, with Bearcats fall camp and Bengals training camp and uh, and the 10 million other things he does on the side. He's a busy man these days. So kind enough to have given us 15 minutes of his time here on Lockdown Bearcats. So um, I, I really think, and I'm going to play off of what Dan said, um, the fact that the Bengals practicing the way they have is I think because they, they understand they cannot start 0-2 again. They did last year. They still went to the AFC Championship game. But if you remember the feeling of starting 0-2, it was not a good feeling. And when you're 0-2 as a fan, you start thinking about the worst-case scenarios. They're going to go 4-13. and 13. Jamar Chase is a one-year wonder. Joe Burrow isn't as good as we thought he was. This franchise is cursed again. You probably, your mind probably went there. I know mine did. But this team proved itself to be different. They went 12-2 and two the rest of the way. They only lost three games after starting 0-2. They only lost three games over the next 
uh, September, October, November, December, five months. That's pretty good. Now, how this relates to the Bearcats. They, too, if they want to do anything remotely close to shocking the world, surprising a lot of people, they cannot start, what, 0-2 in the Big 12 or 0-3. Men's basketball the same way. You can't, I mean, yes, you're going to have the opportunity to, you're going to have the opportunity to win a lot of games. You're going to have the opportunity to overcome a skit. In football, it doesn't really happen that way. Once you lose, once you lose one game, your chances of making the playoff, at least until it expands to 12 teams, diminish rapidly. Once you win, once you lose two games, your focus then goes to can you still win a conference championship? In conference play, we see Oklahoma and BYU. Now, that's obviously much tougher than we thought going into last year with the Bengals against the Steelers and Cowboys. For me, this preaches getting off to a good start. And it's going to be very interesting when the men's basketball schedule comes out, what those first few games are. Because that is going to ultimately, I think, determine how the the Bearcats do in the Big 12. Their first three games are, let's say, Texas at home, at Texas Tech, and at Iowa State. Those are three difficult games. If you're playing, though, Oklahoma at home, at UCF, at BYU, then, okay, you can maybe start thinking about 3-0. and But 0-3 in the Big 12, while it's not the end of the world, I mean, we saw teams last year lose five in a row and still make the tournament. West Virginia, I believe, started... If I remember correctly, West Virginia last year in their Big 12 campaign. West Virginia last year went to the NCAA tournament as a nine seed. And in the Big 12, excuse me for my allergies, in the Big 12, West Virginia last year lost their first, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. They lost their first five games, six out of their first seven. They had another three-game losing streak in there, and they lost to Kansas by 17 in the Big 12 tournament and then damn near beat Maryland in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The point is this, an 0-5 start isn't going to doom you, but it's not ideal. It's not going to be a momentum catalyst. And I think that that's going to be very interesting to find out with the men's basketball schedule. Football, we already know. Now, football is unforgiving 
because you have Oklahoma, because you have BYU. Those are two, those are two games to start the campaign that I'm like, okay, if you can find a way to win one of those, you've got a chance. But the reality is you're facing a college football blue blood who was going to be, I believe, preseason top 10 when the AP poll comes out in a few weeks. And you're facing another program in BYU who you could argue was the best group of five independent school over the last 15 years. Now, the Bearcats, we can say something about that. That's a topic for a show, potentially. Who's been the better program over the last 10 to 15 years? Bearcats, BYU. It's very interesting when you look at it, the consistencies of both teams. But again, you could go on your bye week 0-2 in conference play. And is that ideal? No. Can you make up for it? You got seven games left. Can you start 0-5 in the Big 12 and still expect to make the tournament? We've seen West Virginia do it. And in a conference that has 14 teams, that could mean, given the quality of play in the conference, more tournament berths. Good start to the week. Very good start to the week. Plenty more to get to later on this week on tomorrow's show. Why Emory Jones being the starter already, knowing that, provides so many benefits for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Then on Wednesday, I said it earlier this offseason, and it is so true still to this day on Wednesday, why Evan Prater is the most important player on the Bearcats roster heading into the 2023 season. Of course, we'll hook up with Neil Meyer of the front office news. We'll maybe talk to Russ Heltman of All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated if we're able to uh, get him on the show. So much to get to throughout fall camp. We're uh, working on getting guests like Tommy G, Tom Galater on the show. Uh, I even reached out to uh, the football operations SID manager over at Arizona State to see if potentially we could get Marvin Lewis on the show to reminisce about the 09 Bengals and why this year's Bearcats team reminds me so much of that team. We're also going to potentially hook up with, and this is all throughout fall camp heading into the season, we're going to try and go out to Kansas, Kansas City. We know the Bengals and Chiefs rivalry has taken off. Could Bearcats and Kansas be next? There are two historic basketball programs playing in two of college basketball's best arenas. So maybe a rivalry is going to be formed there. Plus, of course, Big 12 previews, Big 12 predictions, Bearcats predictions, previews, so really looking forward to all of that and being here with you, potentially with Neil Meyer as my co-host of Lockdown Bearcats. That's in the works. But again, 33 days from now, the ball will be kicked off, as Dan Horde would say. The pigskin will fly at Nippert Stadium. Eastern Kentucky up first, and then it is go time. Pitt, Miami, Ohio, Oklahoma, BYU, and then all the other games in the Big 12 on hand for Cincinnati. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty, Instagram Alex Franklin underscore email Alex 3 Frank at gmail.com. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Go, of course, check out our other Lockdown shows in the Cincinnati area. James Rapine, Jake Liska, Lockdown Bengals back together Saturday was this past weekend. Great to have been there. I was there with my cousins. Great to be back. Football is back. James and Jake uh, covering training camp. James here in Cincinnati, Jake and I think Vancouver, British Columbia, they do a fantastic job. So check them out. Jeff Carr, Stephen Offenmaker from Lockdown Reds. Reds and Dodgers just wrapped up a three-game series. Could potentially be a postseason preview. And look ahead to tonight's four-game series beginning against 
division rivals, the Chicago Cubs. Of course, you can also check out Locked On Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski, breaking down the biggest stories in sports in 22 minutes or less, all on Locked On Sports Today, which, Locked, which like Locked On Bearcats, is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great rest of your Monday. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats, and I will see you all tomorrow right here. And, of course, if you listen to us, You'll see and hear me tomorrow right here on Lockdown Bearcats, which, of course, is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.